An awful, horrible story out of Illinois today in LaGrange, just outside Chicago. Wadia Al-Fayoumi, a six-year-old Palestinian-American boy who was senselessly stabbed to death 26 times, was laid to rest today. Police say he and his mother were attacked on Saturday by their landlord, allegedly because they were Muslim. CNN's Whitney Wilde has more on this horrific attack that's now being investigated as a federal hate crime. Six-year-old Wadia Al-Fayoum, a Palestinian-American, laid to rest today. He's a very kind kid. He likes to jump up and down. When he was dead, he was last words to his mom. Mom, I'm fine. You know what? He is fine. He's in a better place. The boy died after he and his mother, Hanan Shaheen, were allegedly stabbed Saturday in the room they rented from 71-year-old Joseph Zuba, just outside Chicago. Their landlord, in an act of hate, shouted the threats and unleashed violence. The landlord appearing in court today while the boy's mother remains hospitalized, recovering from more than a dozen stab wounds. Zuba allegedly entered the room he rented to Shaheen and her son Saturday morning, stabbing the six-year-old 26 times. Uh, the female's claiming that the landlord has the child in another room and apparently is either stabbing or has stabbed the child. Authorities have now opened a federal hate crimes investigation. The local sheriff saying in a statement, both victims in this brutal attack were targeted by the suspect due to them being Muslim and the ongoing Middle Eastern conflict involving Hamas and the Israelis. Outrage erupting over the brutal crime, illustrating why federal officials are worried about growing threats. He paid the price for the atmosphere of hate. Zuba now facing murder, attempted murder, and hate crime charges. All right, they have you. Jake, that mother is still in the hospital and illustrating just how gut-wrenching this is. Again, she's still in the hospital, and that meant she could not be here at the funeral. Jake, she could not say goodbye to her little boy. Back to you. So awful. Point me wild. Thank you so much. I want to bring in uh, Rula Jabral. She's a visiting professor at the University of Miami, a journalist, a foreign policy analyst, and an Israeli-Palestinian who's lo who has loved ones both in Israel and in East Jerusalem uh, right now. Uh, Rula, uh, Thanks so much. How important do you think it is for people in the media, for our political leaders, for religious leaders, to make this incredibly important distinction between Hamas and not only the Palestinian people, um, but Arabs and Muslims and, and all other people who, who somehow might unfairly and, and wrongly be, be lumped in with Hamas? I think it's crucial. It's, it's, it's paramount. I mean, as we see the rise of hate crimes in America, as we see death threats in Michigan, in Brooklyn, restaurants are receiving death threats, restaurants of, of Syrians, Palestinians, Muslim, it doesn't matter. But it starts with the dehumanization, Jake. It starts with, with the language of officials, both in Israel and sadly in the United States, where they blurry the distinction, they erase the distinction between civilians and militants. And they carry this narrative that uh, Palestinians are animals, are Nazis, that the only way, somehow, uh, the solution for this conflict to wipe them out, to exterminate them. I mean, I've been listening to many in the media, and if we ever needed Palestinian voices to 
actually explain how did we get here and how we, where we go from here, it's now. If we ever needed rational thinking, I understand the fear, the emotions. I understand that what, you know, and I have empathy and, and compassion for the civilians who died after the attack. In the same time, we need, because of those emotions, because we've been there before, after 9-11, we've seen what happened when we overreact. We've seen what happened when we dehumanize and criminalize an entire group of people. It actually reminds me of when after 9-11, in, in, you know, in the preparation for the war, war on Iraq, a lot of Americans thought that the Iraqis were responsible for 9-11. Yeah. And that led to the invasion and led to building up of the lie about WMD. And like there's, you know, there's a threat of extinction. We need to go there. And, with that, and now they regret these policies. And I remember also officials in the Bush administration coming out and saying, our policies are creating more extremists and more terrorists. But also I remember Barack Obama saying, you know, ISIS was the direct outgrowth of Al-Qaeda and it's related to our invasion and occupation of Iraq. I mean, I remember these things and it seemed we didn't learn enough. And I think Palestinians are also invited to defend their humanity and defend their existence over and again instead of explaining. And they've been telling us and warning us that this is going to happen without a political solution. They've been telling us, Palestinian and Israeli Palestinians telling us that there is no military solution. That the, and if there's a confirmation of the failure of the military approach is five wars in Gaza, right. then endless crimes and endless you know, subjugation to the Palestinians without a political solution on the horizon, this war will not stop in Israel. It will not, and what happened in Gaza in these days, it will not keep Israel safe, but will come back to America. And it is astonishing that the same people who waged a war on America's democracy are the same people who today telling us wiped out, wipe out Gaza. The same people who endorse what Putin did in Chechnya, basically, you know, flatten Grozny or what Assad did in yeah. Aleppo. Nobody is safe with this policy. And, no Israelis, no Palestinians, and no Americans. And, and I think and one of the things you're saying there is so important, the idea that when this war operation, whatever people want to call it, when it's over, the idea that the West or the Arab world or whomever can just say, okay, now we're just going to go back to the way we were, and the Palestinians in the West Bank and the Palestinians in Gaza are just going to be left to their own devices as they were before, and like that is not like that's not a solution. No, that's actually why we are here in the first place. And I know that it's hard in this moment of high emotions to to appeal to other people humanity. But if we ever need an international law for the protection of the people and to prevent an ethnic cleansing of Palestinian, it's now. If we ever need it to pressure governments to speak up to the Israelis and tell them that, you know, you are the strongest army in the Middle East. You are the 11th strongest army in the world. You have atomic bombs. This is, yes, it's horrific, but it's not an existential threat. And not, Palestinians are not Nazi, Nazis. We need to have our media, our colleagues, our friends to, to you know, pressure also and rebuke and, and counter the narrative of 
you know, the military, the army who are telling us that, no, there, there's no civilians. There are civilians. There are millions of, of people who live in Gaza. They're regular human beings. And today we hear their calls from hospitals, from on the ground, who are telling us that they fear to be exterminated. They fear that. And with and not only us who are hearing them, the whole region, the whole world are listening to that. And I think in this moment that we shouldn't wait for a military, you know, to conclude whatever they are doing. And we mm -hmm. know what they're doing because in their deeds and words are telling us what they're doing. Yeah. But we need now to pressure as international community Israelis to act lawfully, to yeah. act rationally. More than ever, we need that now. Don't wait. Because Rula, if we wait, it's going to be too late. Rula, before you go, I, I know you have um, relatives in East Jerusalem and in Israel. And I'm wondering um, how it is uh, for Palestinian Israelis uh, right now um, in, in this incredibly awful period after that incredibly awful October 7th attack and now this war. How are your relatives doing? Thank you for asking, Jake. Um, you know, some of my relatives work uh, in hospitals. They are taking care of these injured who were attacked in October while listening to, uh, you know, basically other Israelis calling to exterminate Palestinians, to wipe them out. Many of them change the way they dress because they are they fear retaliation. Many of my of these relatives who talk to people in Gaza, in hospitals working in Gaza, and they hear the voices and voice messages telling, you know, basically telling them, we are waiting to be slaughtered. We know that the world doesn't care about us. We are waiting to be slaughtered. And, and, and also, you know, while all this happens, the attacks in the West Bank never ceased. 55 Palestinians in the West Bank where Hamas is not there, been killed last week. In seven days, they've been killed. The attacks of the settlers, and while the government is, you know, the military are doing what they're doing in Gaza, in the same time, they're building settlement and continue to confiscate land. People in Jerusalem are terrified because ministers in Israel and politicians, including the moderate president, are telling them there's no civilian, and they're repeating the narrative, Palestinians are Nazis. And injecting this narrative to basically say, we, you all are enemy, and so we will go after you sooner or later. And you have, you know, ministers like Ben Gvir and Smutrich, and that's why yeah. they are appealing to the international community to pressure this government that is, to uh, stop any kind of retaliation that can, you know, lead to a regional yeah. wider conflict, but also lead to a position where Israel themselves, they ask themselves what American did after the war on terror. Are we producing more extremists? Yeah. Are we plunging ourselves in a forever war? Those lessons from the global war on terror, the lessons from the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq need, need, to, be, need to be remembered. Uh, Rula Jabral, always, always great to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jake.